Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We are glad you are tuning in and joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. If you like, and the scripture would be on the wall behind me, Exodus chapter 3. And as Aaron said, we're continuing the series on, on, on missions. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke a message to you entitled, uh, What Kind of Witness Are You? I talked about the fact that Jesus has left us here to be witnesses of his kingdom and, and, and that uh, we determine what kind of witness we're going to be. And last week, for fa- we celebrated Father's Day by speaking to the men here, a message entitled, A Man on a Mission. Uh, and again, we talked about four things that I believe God has, has called men to be. One is the patriarch of your family. Two is a pillar in your community. Three, a promoter in the church. And four, a prized possession on your job. So if you are not here, please go back and, and listen to that message. And today we're doing part three, and we're coming from Exodus chapter three. And we begin reading in verse one. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. Excuse me. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he, the Lord said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from this land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he, God, said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve the Lord on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, 
Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you, she has sent me to you. Father, I thank you for this amazing day. I thank you that we serve an amazing God. I thank you that you are a God who responds to the cry of your people. You are a God who moved when people cry out to you in faith that you would deliver them out of oppression and their place of sorrow. Lord, I know the same God who heard the cry of Israel some thousands of years ago hear the cry of your people today. Lord, I pray that you would open our understanding this morning that you would show each one of us, God, how we may join you in the work that you've called us to as you, by your great power, respond to the cry of the people who cry to you for help. So Holy Spirit, come now and be joined with us, I pray. As I speak this word to your people, I open my ears to you. Bless this house, I pray. Bless those that are listening online. Bless those who will listen in the future with the word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. And all that agree said, amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Mario. Well, as I said, today I'm going to be sharing part three of the series, Missions as a Lifestyle. And the purpose of this series is to, to help you to to focus on what it means to live as a missionary of God. We're all, we're on a mission. We're all called to be part of the great commission that Jesus gave to the church. But by missionary, I'm not necessarily talking about one who is sent to other parts of the world, but I'm talking about how you can live as one who have been set in your Jerusalem wherever you live, to be a witness of Jesus. Today's message is entitled, A Church on Mission. And in this message, I want to look at the the mission of Restoration Church. It's important for you to understand the mission God has called this church. I'm going to share with you some prophetic words that God has spoken over this church. And as you listen, I want you to, to hear what God has said, what God is doing, And I want you to to determine how you can align yourself with the mission of this church. This church was planted here in this community to serve a people. But it takes everyone who called Restoration Church home doing their part to fulfill the mission of this church. It is not my responsibility as a pastor to, to fulfill the mission of this church. It is not just the responsibility of the leaders of this church to fulfill the mission of this church. Everyone who calls this church home, you're a part of the call of God on this church to fill the mission of God and serve the community in which God has placed us. Very important that you, that you get that. God appeared to Moses to give Moses this message. I want to use you, Moses, 
as my agent on earth to set my people free. He invited Moses to join him in something he was about to do. There's nothing more exciting to me than to know I have been invited by God to partner with him in something that he is about to do or something that he is currently doing. There's nothing more exciting than that. We can dream about all kinds of things to do and we can find all kinds of fulfillments when we do those things. But there's nothing like the fulfillment you get when you know you're living out the will of God for your life. When you know you're living out the purpose of God for your life. And I want to challenge every one of you here today to hear my words and to search your heart and determine, are you living out God's purpose for your life or are you just going through the motions of life? We want to live with purpose. I want you to live with purpose. God invites you to join him in what he is doing on earth today. God has a plan for this community. He has a plan for North Alabama. And he invites the people of this church to join him in carrying out his plan. Listen to what God said to Moses about his people. I have seen their oppression. I have heard their cry. And I know their sorrows. My people are crying out. They're crying out to me for help because they're being oppressed. God's calling. <laughs> Listen, Israel as a people, as God's chosen people, it lives in a state of sorrow due to the conditions they were living in. And God was moved by compassion to do something about that condition and deliver them out of it. The same God who was so moved to deliver Israel out of Egypt is moved today to deliver those who cry out to him in faith because of the oppression and sorrows that are, that are being brought on by Satan and the powers of darkness. And as cries go up from a community because of the darkness that presses against that community, God responds by raising up a church he can work in and work through to set his people free. Church is raised up by God and not by man. Are given a mandate, given a mission by God to serve that community. Those churches are uniquely positioned and they're set in the, in the community to respond, please hear me, to respond to the cry and the needs of the people. We do not exist just to come together and enjoy the presence of God. We do not exist just to come together and worship God. That's a very big part of why we exist. 
But we exist to impact this community for God. And I believe God raises up and he uniquely positions churches in a community to respond to the cry and the needs of the people of that community. They're set in to destroy the works of darkness that may be impacting the place in which God has set them. They're set in to say to the spiritual, please hear me, to the spiritual pharaohs of today, God has sent us to you with this message. Let my people go. Let my people go. And as churches align themselves to the heartbeat of God for the mission God has given him, God covers them with his grace and he endues them with his power. A church that is committed to the mission God has given will impact its community as a powerful church arising. It will exist as a church that impacts many layers of the community in which it has been set in. And as a church lives out its mission, its God's given mission, there is a grace from God that covers that church. You got to understand, there's a grace of God that's over this church. There's a grace of God that covers who we are and what we do. As God covers his servants with his grace, he also covers his church. And every person in a church who aligns himself with the church's mission will operate under the grace that is over that house. That's why it's very important that you understand who we are as a church, what God has called us to do as a church, and that you align yourself to that. Because when you do, you place yourself under the grace of God that is over this church. When God placed me here as pastor of Restoration Church, I did not seek to change the vision of this church. I did not seek to change the mission of this church. Because God gave the vision and the mission. My role was to understand that, which I, I, I did because I'd been here for 10 years, and to carry that out. You know, I've seen so many leaders go into churches, and I believe churches that have God-given vision and missions for a community, and they go in and begin to tear down and redo everything that's been put in place. And they spend the next 10 to 15 years trying to understand and identify with what God has called them to do. When if they had just simply stepped into what was already God was already at work doing, there would have been a grace of God that would have covered them and they would have, they would have enjoyed, I think, immediate success. But there's a grace that covers the church. There's a grace that covers Restoration Church. You've got to know that. And you've got to put yourself in a position where you live under the grace of this house. Say that again. You've got to put yourself in position where you exist. You live under the grace of this house. 
those who align themselves with the purpose and calling of God that is on a house will find their ministry work covered by the same grace that covers the house. The purpose of today's message is twofold. One, it is to encourage you to be missional in your everyday life by making a difference out there. By living for God out there. On your job. In your community. Where you shop. Everywhere you go out there, there's an opportunity to touch someone with the love of Jesus. And when you live with that understanding, you are being missional. The second is to encourage you to make a difference in here. Inside this house, by serving this house and the people of this house with your giftings, your abilities, your time. As you commit yourself to the plans and purposes of, uh, purposes of God, his grace will cover you both internally and externally. Many years ago, I believe a cry went up to God from this community for the Lord to deliver people from the sorrows of this world. And I believe God responded to that cry by raising up Restoration Church as well as other churches to meet the needs of the people. And as long as we endeavor to serve this community according to God's plan, we will be successful. So I, wanna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to understand some of the things that God has said about this church or spoken to this church. It's very important that you understand what you are a part of. So listen to some of the things God has spoken about Restoration Church over the years. The Lord said, this house has been established as a beacon in light among a dark generation of people. You are a chosen generation that is to come forth in the power and might of my anointing. I have directed the path of this house to follow a new road that will lead to the promised land. My shepherd has been chosen to lead the sheep to the promised pastures of power, strength, anointing, and healing. God said, I shall visit you and show you the way of winning victory over the lives of the enemy for lost souls, for hurt individuals, for homes, families, ministries, and the sick. God said, come forth and know that I'm leading you to a place of destiny and greatness. The birth pains of destiny are moving you in position to become the manifested sons of God. You are a people chosen to be a leading force of prayer and believing power. This house is a house and a training field for mighty warriors and those that are called to do battle. It is a house of faith, love, power, and salvation. Now you must awaken unto the new day that is set before you. No longer can my work go undone, says God, 
My call, my plea is unto you, my people. Come forth unto the greater things that I have, that I have for you. Come forth and see my power and my strength prevail. Come forth and know that I am in control and that I am leading you to your place of destiny and greatness. Come forth, you warriors of faith. Come forth, you mighty men of valor. Come forth, you daughters of the Most High God, and take your places in battle. Now is the time given unto this house to come forth and be the church, the body, the remnant that I'm now calling for you to lead my lost home and to do the work you have been chosen to do. There's a specific work that we as a church have been chosen to do. God said, this house shall sit alone and be compared unto no other, for I have called you to be different in order to make a difference. He also said, I have given this house the keys of the kingdom. I searched the community over, and I found this house to be faithful and trustworthy. Those are some of the things God's spoken about this house that you are a part of. I've also known since the very first day, from the very beginning when I was sitting in this pastor, as I began to look to really sense God for what he called this church to do, that this church is also to be a resource center for other churches. And on a regular basis, we have people that are going into other churches to preach. Last week, Barron was over in Decatur preaching, and Aaron was down in Birmingham preaching. Um, a month or so ago, um, uh, Gwen was, was over in Decatur preaching. Um, and, just, and listen, I can go on and on and on. We are a resource center. So let me, ask you this, let me ask you this question. What talent do you have that can be used by this church to resource another church who may have a need? We're to establish, and God spoke this to me a little over a year ago. We're to establish in this church in Antioch, in Antioch culture. The culture that existed in Antioch, we're to establish that same culture here. And the only way I know how to describe it is that our hands are to always be open, ready to receive the people God sends to us and ready to release the people God calls out from us. Ready to receive and ready to release. As a church, we're to impact every layer of our community. You know, one of the things that we do is we go and pray at the beginning of this, the council meeting for the city of Madison. Our city has 24 council meetings a year. We pray as a church. We pray at more than half of those meetings. We become their go-to church. If another church is scheduled to pray and cannot make it, or if they don't have anyone on the schedule, they call our church office. They can, can, can y'all send someone to pray to start our meeting for us? We become the go-to church. Last month, Pastor Angela Waite prayed at the city of Huntsville council meeting. And most recently, 
We were asked if we would come and pray for the council meeting, for the county, for, the, uh, for Madison County uh, uh, Council. So God is allowing us as a church access into governmental positions to pray. Think about that. The city of Madison, the city of Huntsville, Madison County. And I do not believe that these opportunities are random. I believe it is part of the call of God on this house to serve this community. I believe that what God is doing is, is, is very strategic and, and, and that these, these, these calls are divinely inspired. A few days ago, as I was out walking, that's my time to really just pray and connect with God. The Lord impressed on me that we're to start using these times of prayer to impact the realm of darkness. So something that I want us to start doing, whenever we have someone going to a meeting to pray, I want to send out an email to the entire church saying so-and-so is going to be praying at the council meeting tonight. Will you pray that God will use them mightily? See, we can invite you now to be a part of that, right? Pray for the prayer. Pray for the meeting. But I believe the Lord showed me that I was walking that instead of just praying for the meeting, which we normally do, that we're to begin to pray against the power of the darkness that are at work over the realm that, we are rep- that we're praying for. That we're to turn those invocations into intercession. And but we got to be strategic. Now that the door has been opened, now that we have been invited and, and, and the, they feel safe with us, I think we can begin to maybe push the envelope a little bit and begin to come against those powers of darkness that are operating over those regions. I think they will welcome that. So I want, I want you to be a part of that. So fulfilling our mission that God has, give, has given us as a church starts with an understanding of who we are. So I want to take this a few moments and talk about who is Restoration Church. What is the mission of this house? And what is it that makes us who we are? Start with our mission statement. Our mission statement is this. We are a place of new beginnings and hope for the future. When people walk into this house, that is what they should encounter. A place where those who need a new beginning can find it because God's people are here. In a place that offers hope for the future for everyone who may come to this church. We carry out the mission of the house by living according to the core values of this house. Core values is another way to say that, that, that to, to define the DNA of Restoration Church. So I want to give you real quickly the DNA or the core values of our church. Number one. Again, it's very important so you know what you're a part of. We are a spirit-led church, a Holy Spirit-led church. Number two, we are a house of worship. Number three, we are a house that loves people, not just tolerate them. You got to get that. We are a house that is to love people, not just tolerate people. And, and the, the staff of this church know they get in trouble with me quicker 
in, in any other way, if it gets back to me that they have not been showing the love of God to someone, that's a mountain I'm willing to die on. I'm willing to die fighting that, that people be loved like they're supposed to. And when I hear of a staff member or someone in position of leadership not showing the love of God, they're going to hear from me. That's non-negotiable. I want you to hear this. So if you, as a member, feel like you've been mistreated by a leader of this church, give me a call. I'm serious. Give me a call. Because I, that's just something I won't tolerate. It's, it is a major core value of our, one of the major core values of our church. And if people don't get nothing else when they come here, they need to get that people love them. Number, th- number four, we're a house of prayer for healing for the whole man. Number five, we are a church that celebrates our diversity. We celebrate being diverse. Let me tell you something. Pastoring a diverse church is very difficult. But I embrace it. Research has proven if you want to start a church and grow a big church fast, go after one people group. And if you can target one social status in a people group, you're even better off. In other words, build a church where everybody look, look alike. They think alike. They live alike. Those churches grow a lot faster. Why? Because there's not as much resistance internally. I'd rather put up with the resistance and have a church that looks like heaven than have a church that looks like me. So we intentionally put in place things to celebrate the fact that we are a diverse church. And I'm not afraid or ashamed to say that. I promote that. Number six, we are a church that serves our community. That's the heartbeat of this church. You pass by here almost any day, and there's something going on here. There are people that are coming by for, for needs, or, or people that are coming by that are being ministered to because we, we believe that we're to serve our community. I believe one of the, one of the biggest tragedies in a lot of churches is that, that, that most church buildings are used about four or five hours a week. And they sit empty the rest of the time. I don't want that to be us. I want our doors to be open to the community. I want that if Restoration Church, for, for, for whatever reason, was taken out of this community, I want Madison to miss us. And number seven, we are a church that encourages fellowship with believers as well as with the unchurched. So those things define who we are. They define the church that you are a part of. It is so important to us for you to know those things and for you to allow God to develop in you those qualities that we have them posted all over this church. Our mission statement is over the doors as you enter the sanctuary. It is written down the hallway. It is written on the walls of our fellowship hall. Our core values are on the wall in the foyer on either side of the stairs. If this is your church home, those qualities should define how you live out your Christian life. It's important that you know who you are 
so that you can live out who you are out there as well as in here. When I think about being missional, when I think about someone in our church who I believe is is, 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 is just every day living out what it means to be out there in the community, impacting the community, the person that comes to mind is Dave Thomas. So I've asked Dave to share this morning with you briefly some of the things that God is doing with him out in the community. Lord, I just ask that you give each person in this church the ears to hear and the heart to feel what we're going to talk about. I have to do this fast. I have a short period of time, and if you've ever listened to me talk, I love to talk. You don't even have to listen. I just love to talk. I started a church here sitting on this side eight years ago. I had been out of church for 40 years. I walked out. I never looked back, and my teenage daughter talked me into coming back to church. It has been the most unbelievable time in my life. I have seen, done, and experienced things that are just incredible. I'm 70 years old. I know I look older, but you know. <laughs> I gave up, basically just gave up on life about a year, year and a half ago about trying to work, trying to do things. And so I started looking for a part-time job, and I wound up at the Target store. You might have seen me down the street at the Target store. And in my job there, I, I, I went in just to get a job and wound up running all the registers, all the people, all the front-end counters, everything going on because my background is in point-of-sale systems and all that kind of stuff. So I wound up running that. One day, a lady walked up. Think about what I'm going to tell you. This lady walked up to me at the Target store, and she said, God sent me to you. God sent me to you for you to pray for my daughter. Now, most people in this church who've been here for a while know that I pray for healing. You can get healed. It has nothing to do with me. I just believe that I have a gift that God has given to me that gives me words to say. God and Jesus do the healing and the Holy Spirit, not me. Not me. But... I thought to myself, you you, you got to be kidding me. I don't know you. So I put my hands on this little girl's head, and I prayed for her. Now, when I finished praying, and I'm still not sure why, I looked up like this. I think I was looking for an answer. I looked up like this, and I realized that there are five video cameras over my head, filming this and streaming this live to the office in Nashville. And I was terrified. 
I might not have wanted a full-time job, but I couldn't afford to lose my part-time job. <laughs> so I called Pastor Huey the very next day. I said, Pastor Huey, I got a big problem. He said, what's that? I said, I don't want to lose my job, but I got to do what God's telling me to do. And he said, asked me what I did, and he said, Dave, does the word virtue mean anything to you? And I said, well, you mean like a virtuous person? He said, no, the word virtue, right out of the Bible, does that mean anything to you? I know John 3.16, I can quote it forwards and backwards. If you ask me any other book, any other verse, any chapter, anything else, I can't tell you. But there's parts of that Bible I know like the back of my hand now. Just pieces. And I invite each and every one of you to look up some of those pieces. Mm-hmm. He said, when the lady touched Jesus, he said, who touched me? I felt my virtue go out. She was immediately healed. Now, for those of you who don't think that exists, let me tell you this. I was sitting in this chair. First of all, I had fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis. And if you walked up to me and just did that right there, it would make me cry. I hurt so bad for so long. And as I started in the church... I sat in that seat right there, and I had to hold on to that seat right there to stand up because I couldn't stand up that long. And my wife, Pastor Huey, embarrassed my wife one day because he said, why will nobody sit in the front row? Because no one, no one sat up here then. So we came back to church the next Sunday, and I started to sit in my little seat, and she said, no, we're sitting in the front row. I said, I can't sit in the front row. She said, why? I said, because I have nothing to hold on to. She said, well, then sit down. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm back in church now. I'm not going to sit down in God's house. So I came up. I went through praise. The next Wednesday night, Pastor Hugh was just preaching. Now, he and I have become more than just friends. This is my brother. This is my mentor. I love this man. I love this man. He was preaching, and he was holding his left hand up, preaching, and with his right hand, he just walked up, and he put it right on my shoulder, just like this, just like this. He's preaching. Now, I don't know if you can see it, but I got a lot of hair on my arms. All the hair on my arms was standing straight up, just like this. The hair, it's, it's, it's doing it in the back of my neck now. I was immediately healed of fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis. I didn't ask for healing. He didn't pray for a healing. It just was. It's the virtue of God, and it's inside of every single one of us. Now, I have to tell you what I'm doing now. I owned a company before, a a point-of-sale company, and I recently started a new company about three months ago. The name of the company is Greater Works because Jesus said, anything I can do, you can do even more so. Greater Works. Pastor Rod helped me with that name, Greater Works. So 
now I go out to the community, and all of a sudden I'm faced with a real situation. Now I'm not going to use names because I don't want to. I don't just don't want to use names. I'm now out in the community, and I'm now out into bars, and felt kind of funny. Huge place in Huntsville, and I'm sitting there talking to the gentleman, and he says, what is this? And it hit me. Not only did it come from God to his mouth and to my ears, it's now going from my shirt to his, to his eyes. He's seeing what it says. What is that? So I started to preach. Now, I'm, I'm in this bar with the owner of this bar, and we're sitting and we're talking. And I'm telling him things that's happened in my life. And he gets up and he walks over to me and he says, Can I touch you? And I said, What? He said, Can I touch you? I said, Sure. He touches me. He goes back. He sits down. And he said, Thank you. I'm back there 10 days later. When I come in this time for a meeting, the owner's there, all the managers are there, the servers are there, the people behind the bar are there, everybody's there, and they're all sitting. And he says, Dave, before you start, and he looks around, he says, everybody get in a line. Walk by and touch this man. Then they give me names and numbers of people around the country, friends, their loved ones, a gentleman with ALS who had four months to live, they give me their names and telephone numbers and ask me, would you call them and pray for them? Wow. Now when I go to this place, we have a service. Yeah. We have a service. <laughs> Since I talked to Pastor Huey the other day, I've had two more things that have happened that have been unbelievable. I've got a customer in Muscle Shoals and I was in there last week, and the lady, one of the ladies there just found out that her husband had emptied her home, had taken her children, DHR was involved, getting a divorce, and suing her for alimony. And it was all on him. This woman was crying hysterically. I got a soft heart. It broke my heart. I loved on this woman. I told her, I said, look. She said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, let me tell you one thing you got to do. You got to go home tonight, and you got to get on the floor in your empty room on your hands and your knees, and you got to pray to Jesus, and you got to ask him for help. Amen. So I go back this past Monday. How's it going? She said, you are not going to believe this. <laughs> We're still getting a divorce, but now it's amicable because we both agree we cannot live with each other. We now have joint custody of the kids. I got all my furniture back. I got my apartment back. And then I tell her the funny part of the story. And that is, is that at night, in the middle of the night, I told her I'd pray for her that night. In the middle of the night, I was praying for this lady in my brain. It woke me up, and I realized that I was praying for this lady. And I continued to pray for her, 
she got she got taken care of. I was in Ardmore, Tennessee on Friday with a lady who owns that store, and her father just recently uh, had an operation and came through the operation great. He was doing fine, and that night he had a blood clot that broke loose, went to his brain, he was dead. So she's really distraught, and now she's going in for surgery tomorrow. Non-believer. It's a complete non-believer business. And so I told her Friday, I said, uh, call her by name, and I just simply said, I just want you to know that I'm going to pray for you tonight, and I'm going to pray for you for your operation. And she says, non-believer, she says, why don't you also pray for all those people out in the world that are acting so crazy? Why don't you pray that they can be healed? Now, I'm just saying... I'm not a preacher, I'm not a teacher, I'm not an apostle. I just believe what Jesus said. Now, here's what he said. Pay attention. Here's what he said. This is my take on what Jesus said. When he ascended to heaven, he said, whatever I can do, you can do, and even more so. I give you that authority, and I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will do the job for you. Greater Works, Greater Works, that's the name of this company. That's what we're all about. Now, so you forgot to tell why the manager wanted you, the other people to touch you in this business. You forgot to tell it, Paul. Tell it really fast. All right. (laughs) The reason he wanted everybody to line up and touch me was because I didn't know it, but the reason he touched me was because he had a really bad medical issue going on in his life. It was gone the next day. Amen. Amen. Well, shoot your raising hand. Huh? Come on. All right, just 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> Pastor Bernard and I work together. And he does his thing with WOW, and I do my thing with my company. And he came to my house on Friday, and he said, Dave, would you pray for me? I said, Why? He said, I can't bend over. He couldn't do this, and he couldn't do this. He couldn't do it. He could not do anything. He could not bend over. And I told him, I said, I feel so strange. I'm praying for a pastor. Hmm. And he said, talk to me about the fivefold gifts. Talked about the gift of healing. And it's not a gift that I have. It's just a belief in my heart that if I believe what Jesus said, I can call down healing on him. That's right. I did. Amen. And within five minutes, he was moving back and forth, up and down, everything. Amen. Thank you, my brother. So I wanted Dave to share because I want you to to understand he's not a licensed minister. He's not on our pastoral staff. He's Dave, who just simply believed that God would do what God said he would do. And if God would use Dave, what would keep him from using you? Now, I want to talk about one more thing about why you may be being held back and, 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 and God wants to set you free of that. We are Restoration Church. Yes. And many of you were drawn here because you needed to be restored in some area of your life. But as you are being restored, 
I encourage you to also get involved. It's easy to sit back and say, I cannot get involved because I've got this going on in my life or I need this, this type of restoration in my life. As you serve, you will be healed and restored. So do not sit back and wait on your complete restoration before you get connected and get involved. Almost every time Dave comes to see me, he gives me two things. The good news and the bad news. He always says, I got good news and bad news. I got both good news and bad news. The good news almost always consists of what God is using him to do. The bad news almost always consists of of something Dave is personally having to fight through or overcome. He does not let his struggles stop him from doing what God wants to do through him. He does not let what comes against him or the attacks of Satan stop him from doing what God has sent him to do. God told Moses in Exodus 3 and 12, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign that I have sent you. Now listen to the sign. It's easy to miss this. I missed it for years. I saw it the other day. Listen to the sign that God told Moses. This is going to be the sign that I've sent you, Moses. When you have brought the people. When you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God. On this mountain. God didn't give him a sign. Before he went. He said, this is going to be the sign. When you have completed the task that I've called you to do, the people of God will worship me on this mountain. Two things here as I close. God told Moses, as you go, know that I will certainly be with you. You will not go alone, Moses. You do not have to do what I've called you to do by yourself or in your own strength, but I will be with you. That is the word of the Lord to you. You are not alone. You do not have to go alone. You do not have to do it by your own strength, your own might. You can't do it anyway. God's going to do it with you and through you if you go. Moses took that to heart. He said in Exodus 33, 15, God If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Where was here? Here was in the wilderness. After he brought Israel out of Egypt, they're in the wilderness. And Moses said, God, If you don't go with us into the promised land, don't even take us in. I'd rather be in the wilderness and be in your presence than be in the land of promise and not have you there. Number two. Said this will be a sign that I've sent you. 
when you have accomplished what I give you to do, you shall serve me on this mountain. Please hear me, church. The proof of the call follows faith and obedience. It does not precede it. The proof of the call follows faith and obedience. It does not precede it. As you serve God, know that he will be with you. After you walked in obedience, God will give you proof that you're living out his purpose for your life. After you walk in obedience, God will give you proof. Not before, but after you walked in obedience, after you stepped into your place of faith, God will give you proof that you're living out the purpose he's called you to. Stop sitting back waiting. Step in. When you step in, guess what? God's going to show up. But if you don't do nothing, he's not going to show up. Get involved, church, both internally and externally in this church. Do not let your idleness lead to barrenness. Do not let your idleness lead to barrenness. You are called to be fruitful, but that fruit will only appear as you put your hands to the plow and get to work. Two things that I'm going to close. One is, most of you know that we're, we're looking, we're starting two new campuses, one in South Huntsville, one in Athens. We need, we're still trying to identify seven to ten more families that will go to the South Huntsville campus. We also are trying to identify families who would say, I will become a part of the Five Points campus. The campus we have in Five Points is passed by Jasper Morris. We're trying to strengthen that campus. Um, um, Nate Wiggins and his wife, Kadijah, they're not in this service. They have committed to becoming a part of that campus. So starting in August, they're going to be on that campus helping Jasper uh, really try to build that work over there. But we need, to, we need to know if you would like to be considered for either one of those campuses, either, either South Huntsville or Five Points. There's inserts. Uh, in your bulletin, there's these are on the table in the in the ushers on the ushers table in the foyer. Please pick up one and fill it out. Also, we need you to get involved here. On the back of the bulletin, uh, there is uh, areas of, of service that you can commit to. We need you to get involved and begin to serve this house and serve out, outside of the, the walls of this house as well. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We hope you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. Have a great week. God bless.